0: Welcome back to the Branding for Abundance podcast. This is Dr. TK. So you are probably attracted to this podcast episode if you don't already listen to or and or subscribe to my channel. Um, the title. So the title is "How Did I Misplace Fifty Thousand Dollars?" Right? And the truth is, I didn't misplace it, but I lost it. Okay, so I'm a, I'm a frame it as. Misplace it because maybe that just sounds a little better than lost it. So this episode is dedicated to when I had a group practice. And so um, if you haven't listened to any of my earlier episodes, I have talked about this a little bit, but today I want to talk to you about more so the lessons I learned because I want you to not repeat my mistakes in private practice and lose money. So I've done a a couple of previous episodes where I've talked about you know branding a private practice, um, branding how you show up online in a private practice, business plans and things like that. But today I really want to speak to how we don't want to lose money. So So um, a few years ago, I had a group practice and just my history, just to give you some context of my practice years, is that I started private practice in the summer of 2012. Um, I did not know what I was doing. I did not have a business plan. I did not have a branding or a marketing plan. I didn't even have a brand. I just had my name, which is fine. Um, I did not know who my client avatar was. I didn't know what a client funnel was. I just kind of threw together a website. I didn't know how to find an appropriate therapy office space because I kept moving. That's a previous episode as well. Um, but what I had found is that I started to receive, despite all these mishaps behind closed doors and me being unorganized, I continued to attract um, great clients. And it got to the point where I could not take on any more. And so I end up um, first hiring some postdoc students, um, because that's what I knew best, which was to supervise other psychology students, of course. And um, then I started to branch off into marriage and family therapists. Um, back then they were interns, but now they're associates. And I had one social work intern. And so Um, They were doing therapy for either sliding scale or some of the insurances allowed us, not that many allowed us to claim the services. And majority of my postdoc students were actually doing evaluations for veterans through a middle company that worked with the VA. And that's where, this that's the time period that I misplaced this $50,000. So in this episode, I wanna talk to you about my lessons learned. Um, And what I wanna highlight is that during this time, I never had had a business coach, let alone a therapist that was a business coach, um, which is why I take pride in what I do. Um, I had no type of mentorship, um, which opened me up to a lot more mistakes than the average person would make having a business and then growing their business with having staff under them. And so mine in this episode was more money mistakes. So I messed up in a huge way. And one of the bigger ways was that every single two weeks, My staff members would always get paid, but I could not get paid until later. And then, as you know, like a snowball effect, it's just like one thing after the other. You think you're going to get paid, and then a bill is due. And so I had to make sure that my people were taken care of so they had a good experience. But me, as a business owner, I was tired because I could not, for the life of me, at first figure out what I was doing wrong and I had to recognize that I needed to sit still and honestly pay attention to my money because money is a relationship that you have like a you know a relationship I have with my husband. If I neglect my husband, you know what I'm saying he's gonna feel a certain type of way about it. So I had to pay attention pay attention to my money. So I want to give you some tips in regards to what I learned so that you don't lose money. Okay. So my first tip is you want to, whether you have an individual or group practice, okay? and or if you're listening to this and I do not wanna scare you, but I want to protect you. So I wanna give you those tips as well. So you want to be able to make projections about your income. So because I knew how many staff I hired at a particular time, I knew around and about the average of veterans that I was seeing, but I didn't do these calculations at the beginning. I just did this like a little bit after when I realized there was a problem with payroll is that you want to make projections about your income so that you know exactly or around about how much you're going to have to pay out so that you can even determine is this worth it. Right. Because you also have to take into account overhead, which are your office at your, you know, your, um, your office bills. So for our office in the group practice, we had, um, not too much actually, because a lot of things were taken care of by the office that I, um, leased in a building. So Wi-Fi was already embedded into our lease. Um, but I had multiple offices because I had multiple staff. For one of the offices, I did have to pay for internet. Um, at one point when I was growing a lot, I ended up hiring a supervisor which used to be my postdoc and then she got licensed and I hired her to take on half of the interns that I had that were doing the assessments for the veterans so I had to take into account how much I had to pay her and then what I didn't take into account is like taxes okay so that was a surprise and I'll save that one like for another one of these bullets that I'm going to talk about so you want to at least do a projection of based off of how many people you're hiring how much overhead you have, how much your services are reimbursing, how much is all this going to cost you per month. The next point I want to bring to your attention is that Preferably, before you hire people, you wanna have some type of savings to protect your payment and their payment. So instead of going out there just to accumulate a lot of loans after you realize this, I didn't do that. I just went in the hole and realized that I didn't pay myself. Luckily for me, I had other streams of income, so that's what kept me afloat, to be honest, but it still didn't feel good to not be able to pay myself because I was doing very hard work in my business. However, um, treat your business like you would if you owned a home, or even if you don't have a home, like you should have an emergency fund. You should have six to nine months of an emergency of how much it costs for your um, household to run. You should have that amount of money in your bank account. Am I saying that you can't open a practice if you don't have six months? No. But if you're talking about taking responsibility of paying for taxes, having a corporation, um, having staff under you and you know, they have their own bills that they have to pay for. So they're relying on their company, their business that they work for to pay them on time. You want to make sure that you have your stuff in order. Okay. Another thing you want to take in consideration is you want to understand the reimbursement schedule. So this is actually where I lost y'all majority of my money. So I did not project my income as it relates to the reimbursement schedule. So to give you a visual, I wish I can really draw it out on a podcast, but like I'm going to give you a visual of it. Imagine that I have to pay my staff every two weeks, which is a whole nother bullet point that I'll discuss in a moment because we're in California. So that's what our state law says, is that they have to get paid at minimum twice a month because they're an employee. So... I hired at one time, I think three interns and I had one supervisor, right? And that was separate from any other licensed clinicians, but the postdocs are the ones who did the VAs. So the VA itself, the the, the middle company, not the VA, the middle company itself gave us, I'm going to say half the rate that I would get if I was seeing a private pay client, right? But still, I love being a supervisor. I love training. Then out of that pot of money, I would pay the interns an hourly rate because I also was responsible for workers comp, all these other taxes that no one takes into account until you see your payroll for the first time, right? So the VA though paid the company and the company paid us only 40, they paid us 45 days after the reports were turned in. So let me just create a timeline. If I saw Veteran A today, we have a 24-hour timeline. Actually, it's 48 hours, but we would tell the interns 24 hours because we had to review their documentation, which is their report, to turn it over to this middle company. The middle company then had a couple of days. I don't know their timeline, but they will usually get it back to us within a week if they needed us to expand on something, clarify a diagnostic criteria or whatnot. So needless to say, our turnaround time was 48 hours if there were not a lot of hiccups. And after I was doing these for a couple of years, I knew exactly how to train the interns of how to write the reports and how to gather the information from the veteran. So that was usually never a problem. And so... 48 hours, let's just say it goes out to this middle company. The middle company turns it over, does what they do, right? They process our payment within 45 days of when they receive the report. So now we're at like the 47th day from the day that we actually did the services, right? So then by the time snail mail kicks in, let's just round all this up to 60 days. 60 days is two months. Two months is four paychecks. Can you see? how it's very easy for me to get in the hole because any money that I had actually earned in the therapy side, what I was doing is I was taking the money that I earned or that I had saved and I was paying the payroll. I was paying the quarterly taxes, but then where was my money? Oh, my money would come in 60 days. I would get a very big lump sum, But it's like, oh, wait, now you got to pay these other expenses because everything got to be paid on time. So can you now have an understanding of why it's very important to have a savings put away projections of income written down to understand your reimbursement schedule of whomever is paying you for your services? Because the next point is you also want to understand how payroll rules, a.k.a. taxes and other fees and per your state, how people get paid all need to be in place, preferably in a business plan, right? Listen to my previous podcast episode on business plans. Um, That's why all these things need to be in place before you start hiring people. So don't just jump up and say, oh, I want to join a team. I'm a boss. It's not as easy as people would say. It can be simple, but you have to follow rules, okay? Now, another thing that I learned from this experience is that I want or I needed an in depth business plan for my group practice beyond my individual practice. Those two are not the same, they don't look the same. Even when you think about like a client avatar, my ideal client, in a group practice, my ideal client clearly has to include who everybody's gonna see, not just Takesha right? So and for those of you who didn't know, that was my first name. My first name is Takesha. So I may say Takesha sometimes or Dr. TK interchangeably. So in my individual practice, I would only talk about who I want to attract. But in my group practice, I have to talk about all the clients we see, whether it's therapy clients of a, you know, of a, you know, assortment, it can also be, you know, veterans. Um, the next point I want to highlight is that I, when I look back, I wish I would have focused on only hiring who I needed versus who I wanted. I thought that I wanted to give, like I'm a a person about real big impact. I want to make a real big impact, which means I want to, have a lot of touch points with a lot of people, right? I want to be able to serve more people. That is what I feel like God put me on this earth for, and not just to serve one person at a time, which is why I do things like the Dope Therapist Tribe and Dope Therapist Academy. Dope Therapist Academy, if you don't know the difference, is the Dope Therapist Academy is four weeks long, and it is specific for a private practice and private practice only, and we are building up their back office or we're rebuilding up their back office. The Dope Therapist Tribe is a continuous membership throughout the year where clinicians are learning how to brand themselves and majority of my clients actually are part of both because they still want that accountability from myself but also they like the sense of a community okay so if you are interested in the tribe um you definitely want to put yourself on the wait list the show notes are below but um It'll be open enrollment um, based off of when you hear this podcast episode. We open enrollment about two times a year, okay? So a business plan needed to be in place and I also needed to hire as I needed versus what I wanted. So if I actually realized the projections of my income, how many veterans I was seeing, how much money I had saved in my account and all those other bullets that I listed, I would have quickly realized that instead of hiring four interns, I would have only hired two. I still would have kept the supervisor, but she would not have had that many hours. And then I also would have been let free to do more administrative work because I took on half of the responsibility of supervising clinicians as well, because we split the four interns, right? So I could have delegated and got things off my plate. Um, Now, my last point in regards to what I learned throughout this process is that, I already mentioned it, I'm sorry, that I could have hired two versus four. So let me just recap. I misplaced aka lost $50,000 in my business and I'm sure it was more than that but that's how much I could remember okay and I did all this because I had no coach I had no mentorship I had no guidance which opened me up to more mistakes and so some of the things that I learned along this process is as a recap Understand the projections of your income, have a savings account dedicated to rainy days in your business, um, understand the reimbursement schedule based off the service that you provide, understand your payroll rules and how taxes are set up, um, please have a business plan in place, only hire as needed versus what you desire, and you know only hire the amount of people that you need at that particular time. So don't do like me and say, oh, I want four, just because you want four doesn't mean you need to hire four, okay? Okay. So I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you've ever thought about having a group practice, I really hope that this has shed some light on the things that you may want to flush out um, and or have in place. Um, If you want to learn more about growing your private practice, whether it's an individual or group practice, and you really want to see what level your business and mindset is at, then I would highly encourage you to go to the show notes and take my private practice quiz. It is free and it will also help you classify how really ready you are to take your business to the next level. Even if you already have a practice and you're like, my business is cool, I would highly encourage you to take the quiz just so that you can make sure it's cool and do a double check because we always go through different seasons in our business. And I've had a lot of clinicians that have very thriving practices, but It's not growing at the pace that they would like. Maybe they're very stagnant, meaning they're at six figures. They're beyond six figures, but they want more than that six figure mark or they want to do a lot more in their business. So make sure you check out the show notes and take that free quiz. Um, Also, if you're not following me on Instagram, make sure you go and hop over there. Engage with me. I would love to... See who you are beyond the podcast voice and platform. Um, engage with me. I would love to know your takeaways from this podcast episode and also share it with another therapist that you feel like it would benefit. You can take a snapshot of this episode on your cell phone, um, tag me, let me know your biggest takeaway in your stories and or just hop over to one of my posts. Let me know what you listen to as far as which episode number and let me know what your thoughts are. And I would love to engage with you and have a more in-depth discussion on social media. So until the next podcast episode, um, I love you. Take care. Have a blessed day. Bye.